Have you ever had something that's like in your life, maybe it could be a old drawer or a closet or something, and it's like one of those things you know you have to deal with, but you don't feel like it? Anybody? Maybe a garage. Maybe your room. Maybe uh, your house. Maybe weeds. Something that's like every day, it's kind of staring at you, saying like, why don't you fix this? Anybody, it's like the giant, right, taunting you. Like, uh, I had something like that when we had this storm. I had a tree that fell down in our yard. And I realized the insurance company's not going to deal with it, and, uh, which has been a, a reoccurring theme in this season. And, uh, and I'm going to have to deal with it. It's starting to uh, completely die and touch my neighbor's fence. So I need to do it. And I had this burst of motivation. Have you ever been there? Like you're like, I'm done. I'm done with this dead tree. I got to get it out. Have you ever been there? Like I am, I, I don't know what it is, but I got to do this now. Have you had that with your car or something? You're tired of seeing it, right? And so um, the problem is I didn't have a chainsaw. That's a problem. So I tried to be Paul Bunyan and I got my ax. Um, James is shaking his head. I don't know why you don't have faith in me, man. Um, but I got my axe, and I was like, I mean, I had the eyewear, I had my hat, you know, I had, you know, I was ready to go at it. And, like, to be honest, I, um, I have before chopped wood, but I've never chopped a tree. And um, after uh, 15 minutes in, I thought, this was a bad idea <laughs> because it will wear you out. It will wear you out. But I'm like, my wife is in the living room and my neighbor's actually watching me. I can't quit, right? It's like, God kicks in like, I can't stop. I can't go out in defeat like this. And so I would chop wood for about 15 minutes and I would go and like rest, right? And I would come back and it took me a very long time. But when that thing was cut and that thing was done and that thing was pulled out, how many of you know I felt victorious, I felt like I accomplished what I was set out to accomplish today. But I did realize something, that if I were smart, I would have had a sharpener for my axe. If I was smart, I should have had, I should have hit that thing like 30 times, 40 times, gone away, sharpened my blade, and come back. I wouldn't be as worn out. Abraham Lincoln said something. He said, if I had eight hours to cut down a tree with an axe, I would sharpen my axe for six. I would sharpen my axe for six hours if I had eight hours to cut down a tree. Now, why am I talking about this? Because a lot of this represents what we're going on, what's going on in our life spiritually. We don't need to wait for other people to get rid of things in our life. God has actually given us the tools to get rid of those things with his presence. And just like that axe, that axe is like prayer in your life. But sharpening that axe, having grace to, sharp, to, to get that tree off, that is like fasting to us. How many of you know that prayer and fasting is a biblical discipline that will cause grace to come into our life and we will see breakthrough? And so I want to talk about that really quick because uh, fasting is like our spiritual draino. Have you ever got a clogged uh, sink? 
right? You had too much hair in the sink or whatever, and it was clogged up. Our lives are like spiritual Drano. Our spirit, when we give our life to God, is connected to God, but we live in a world where there's a lot of junk, and it's hard to feel God. It's hard to see God. It's hard to really receive from God because we have all this junk, and a lot of times when we come to God and pray, we're like feeling like God is far away, right? And, and fasting eliminates all that junk so that you are feeling like you're flowing God, with God and God is with you and God is flowing through your life. How many of you need some spiritual Drano? We all need some spiritual Drano. And the truth is that God wants to flow through your life more this year than ever. God wants to touch your life more this year than ever. See, Fasting doesn't move the hand of God. Fasting causes you to see the hand of God. God is already moving. He's already speaking. He's not like shut up in the heavens, not talking to you. A lot of times in our life, we've gone through so much that we don't really sense him because we're not really having the eyesight because we have too much clutter. See, our soul, our soul are our thoughts our will, and our emotions. And I don't know about you, but sometimes my soul gets in the way of really seeing God spiritually. And this is what fasting does. It cleans up your thoughts, your emotions, and your will. How many of you know that we can all relate to Paul when he said, I don't know why I do things I don't want to do, and I don't do things that I want to do. Anybody relate to that? It's because Prayer and fasting is depleted in our life, and we realize that we have strength when we pray. You know, that's why Jesus told his disciples when he's about to go to the cross, he said, can you pray for one hour? Your, your, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And when you begin to pray and fast, it causes you to get strong. How many of you want to be strong in 2022? You might be facing disappointment right now. You might be facing failure right now. You might be facing depression right now. You might be facing heaviness right now. You might be doing good right now. But I'm here to tell you, if you start the year out and give God your first, he will not disappoint you. The Bible says if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, that all things would be added to you. How many of you want to give God the first of your year? I believe that you're going to begin to give God your first and he's going to give you the grace for the rest. Do you believe that? Now, if Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, God's word in the flesh, had to fast while he was on earth, how much more do we have to fast? If Jesus, which is the greatest teacher that ever walked the face of the earth, if he fasted and he needed fasting before he ever stepped into his ministry, how much more should we fast? Now, a lot of people have a wrong idea about a fast. Some people, when I say fast, you think no food. And I get it while you're snarling at me every time I say the word fast. We all like food. And especially right now, we're, king cake. we're, we're in king cake season. Like, thank you. We're going to enter a fast during king cake season, right? But it's not just food. Fasting is putting away distractions in our life so that we can focus on God. Fasting is more than food. As a matter of fact, if you're just getting rid of food, that is, a, that is just a, a glorified diet. When we fast, we pray, and when we fast, we put aside things that might not even be bad things, but things that are distractions so that we can really see God, know God, 
and get his vision for our life. Do you want that today? You know, Jesus came and he fasted and the enemy did not want him to do it because he realized that in this process of fasting, he was able, he was able to get out of the wilderness into the promises that God had for him. Some of us are stuck in the wilderness and God wants you to get out of the wilderness into the promised land. I believe that God has promises for you, and it might be all around you, but in fasting and prayer, God's going to allow you to see it. Do you believe that? I want to give you this. Four Fs we receive from fasting. Now, the real title of my message today is a 22 breakthrough, a 22 breakthrough. Can you look at your neighbor and say, I want a 22 breakthrough. I want a 22 breakthrough. I want a breakthrough in 22. Year 22 I want a breakthrough. Wave at me if you want a breakthrough this year. Come on, shout at me if you want a breakthrough this year. I believe you're going to have a breakthrough, and it's from what we're talking about today. Four Fs we receive from fasting. I believe you're going to have a breakthrough. Now, the first thing that we see is, is this. Write this down. Number one, you receive your future. What am I saying about that? You actually receive vision in your, for your life when you fast. How many of you want to know what's coming up in your life? The Bible says this, Proverbs 29, 18, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray, but when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. The Bible says that without vision, people perish, and God wants you to have a vision for your life. You say, well, I don't know where the future holds, but God is the one that wrote your book, and he knows where your future holds. There is one word you can get from God that, will change, that can change the whole trajectory of your life. And a lot of times we can't hear that word or receive that word because we don't have clarity. And that's what fasting does is causes us to have clarity of what God is speaking to us. A great example of this in Mark 8, Mark 8 we have this man that he's blind. He can't see. And Jesus does something profound to this man that can't see. And it actually speaks to us of what really happens when we focus on Jesus. When this man could not see, people brought him to Jesus, and God did something extravagant. God did something extravagant. What he did, first of all, is he reached out his hand. He reached out his hand for this guy to grab Jesus' hand to follow him. When we begin to focus on God, we begin to realize that he begins to have us in his hands. How many of you know that we are in his hands? When we begin to pray and fast, God begins to lead us, the Bible calls it, God begins to lead us in paths of righteousness. The Bible says it's like this in Psalms 23, that he leads us to pure and sweet and and peaceful streams into green pastures. How many of you want to go into green pastures this year? I love that Jesus holds out his hand and says, see, the, the blind man can't see. He can't go get Jesus. He can't grab Jesus's hand. Jesus comes to the man and offers him to, to follow him. And can I tell you today, this is the state of Jesus to you today. This is the state of Jesus to you today. This is not the state of Jesus to you today. He does not have his back turned towards you. He is not mad at you. He is not disappointed in you. What you have in Jesus today is an invitation to follow him. 
That's what he does. That he is a good father. And no matter what you've gone through and what you've done, you got to know this. God, the Bible says, it is like he's knocking on the door of our heart. And he's saying, will you come with me? I love this. I love this because I'm going to give my son as an illustration. He reaches out his hand, and the guy has to grab his hand. And the Bible says that Jesus had to get him out. Jesus had to get him out of his village. When we begin to pray and fast and focus on God, God gets us out of our normalcy. God will get us out of wrong suggestions. God will get us out of wrong thinking, and he will begin to have us follow him. Some of us just need to get rid of some stinking thinking. You know, they say that an average person has 80,000 thoughts a day, and 75% of them are negative. That's a lot of thoughts. That's a lot of negative thoughts. And what Jesus does is he gets us out of our normal environment, and he says, I want you to come with me. I want you to come with me, and not only just come with me, I want to begin to show you some things. How many of you know that God wants us, he, Jesus said this, this is what you should do when you go pray. He said, go find a closet and shut the door. What is Jesus saying? You don't need a prayer closet, but you need a place to go. You need to be able to shut the door. You got to get rid of the voices in your life. And sometimes there's a period of time that's good to turn off that phone. Sometimes it's, a, it's good for a period of time to shut off that news. Sometimes it's good for a period of time to shut off that TV station because we're filling ourselves so much with the world's agenda that we don't realize that our spiritual drain is getting clogged. And God is having an invitation. He's like, hey, I know you're, you don't, you're not full of peace. You're not full of joy. You're not f- feeling right connected. This is my invitation to you. I want to get you out of what the world thinks, and I want to bring you into my word. I want, it, I want you to get out of your own feelings and your thoughts and your emotions, and I want to bring you into my feelings, thoughts, and emotions. And Jesus brings them out of the city. How many of you know that what a, what a great king, what a great leader, what a great leader to take his time and literally walk somebody out of a city? That takes some time. I wonder what kind of conversations went on by the time they got out of that city. Look at this, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, that has the the ruler of the universe takes the time for a blind man. And did you know a lot of us are walking around blind? We're walking around blind spiritually, not knowing where to go and what to do, just letting this rat race of life keep us in this cycle that we never really get out of. And God is saying, hey, I'm giving you an invitation to get out of your own thing and come into my thing. The Bible says that he did something very weird, to be honest. The Bible says that he spit on the ground and he made mud and he put it on his eyes and molded his eyes with the mud that he made with his own spit. I don't know about you, but I would be like, Jesus, is this the only way you could do this? (laughs) Um, We don't really like spit, God. Like, I think spit is dirty, and God is saying, I want you to feel, I want you to be vulnerable in this time and let me do a work that you might not feel comfortable with. You know, when we begin to get vulnerable with God, God will begin to mold our eyes. 
When we begin to say, God, this is the real things that are coming from my life. This is the real things that I'm feeling. God is saying, good, you're getting real. So now I can do a work in you. You know, any, when my son was younger, uh, he would get a splinter and, uh, and it would take some time to talk him into exposing that splinter so I can get the tweezers and I can get it out. And what I would do is sometimes I would say, I'm not doing anything, I'm just looking at it, and before he knew it, i just get it out, right? It's kind of lying, but forgive me. Um, because I knew if the splinter stayed in there, it's going to get infected and it's going to fester. Did you know a lot of times in our life, we have a festering of bitterness we have an infection of bad disappointment in our life. And God is saying, I want to come to you, and I want to invite you, and I'm going to begin to put a mold over your eyes because either my, my word is going to mold you or the world is going to mold you. Either my, my presence is going to mold you or the world is going to mold you. The Bible says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. See, right now, I've, I've been very close of accidentally spitting on people today because I'm speaking. And a lot of times when we hear that word spit in the Bible, it actually talks about our words. God wants to put his words on our eyes. God wants to put his words in our eyes. He does not want us to be conformed to the world, feeling like the world does. Act, like God wants us to begin to mold us and shape us. And this is what happened. I love what happened. Jesus said, okay, we're going to take this off. What do you see? Yes, what do you see? And the guy was like, uh, Jesus, I see uh, it looks like uh, trees that look like men walking around. Why did Jesus say, what did you see? Jesus knew that he couldn't fully, he didn't fully have his sight. What he was wanting was saying, God, it's okay, but I want more. And in your life today, you might be in a place that is okay, but God doesn't want you just to be okay. He wants to stir a desire to want more of him. And the Bible says that he touched him the second time and he received his sight, 20-20 sight. And at some of you today, God has done small touches in your life, but he wants to touch you again. Some of you, you might, have, you might have taken a few steps with God and you think that's okay, but that's an invitation for God to say, no, you thought I touched you before. Wait till I touch you again. I'm going to begin to give you sight. You're going to begin to see. You're going to know direction to go because you are welcoming my invitation. And I'm here to tell you today that God has a major investment in his future. In Jeremiah 29, he says he has a great future for you and it is is good. You are predestined for him for good works. He has already written your book. Can we make a decision to say, yes, Jesus, I'm following after you. I want another touch. I am not satisfied. The Bible says that when you begin to get a touch of God, you can't go back. Like David said, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you have only tasted religion, I want to welcome you in today to taste a relationship because the things that you are dealing with will fall off of your life and you will have a vision not only for your life but for your family's life and God will begin to give you his passions. Let's give the blind man a hand today. There's an invitation today. There's an invitation today.
And God wants you to have another level of clarity. God wants you to see clearly. It is something special that when we believe what God says and we spend time with him and focus on him, things get clear. We live in a fallen world. Things happen. We get upset. Things don't go our way. And I'm here to tell you that God says, come to me, and I'll begin to begin to put my word in you. And what even the enemy meant for evil, you will see how I can turn it around for good. And God wants to spend time with you in this season. I know for my life personally, if you don't know my story, I was far away from God. Uh, I, was, I was extremely lost. I actually have my parents in this room. And I, sorry, mom and dad, for putting you through hell. But it's the truth. I was far away from God for years. And I found myself trapped in my own thing. And, and God literally changed me. It wasn't religion. Church wasn't going to get me. There was a group of people that were praying and fasting. And my life started to open up with God. And I was like, man, I really believe in him. And, and so for your life today, I want to ask you, have you experienced a relationship with God, not just somebody talking about God? Where God is directing you, you're talking to him, and he's talking to you. You say, well, how does that happen? His word. Let me ask you a question. If Jesus came in today, wrote a love letter for your life, handed it to you and gave you the plans for your life and the direction to go, handed it to you and left, would you read it? Would you just put it in your pocket and be like, oh, appreciate it? Or would you say, this is the creator of the universe. I'm reading this. How many of you would read that? Did you know that that's the word of God? The way that God speaks to us is through his word, his written word. God will speak to you through thoughts and things like that, but he wants to renew your mind so that to recognize his voice. And we don't recognize his voice until we renew our mind with the word of God. How many of you want to renew your mind with God's word? And I'm here to tell you, God wants to have a conversation with you. God wants to have a conversation with you where you read him and you're receiving his word and then you begin to ask questions. And you begin to speak to him. When is the last time you just had a real conversation with God? See, sometimes we feel like we got to get ourselves together and we go to God with all this Christianese. No, Jesus gave us a great outline to come to him, gave us a great outline to pray. We even, all of us probably know it in here, our Father who art in heaven. Would it be weird if my daughter right now came up to the stage and said, Father in heaven, thou art, may, can you please let me have the mic? No, she would come up to me and say, Dad, I have something to say. She doesn't have to be anything to have a conversation. She just has to be. She has to be her. And that's what God wants. God doesn't want another form of you, so you only feel right to go to him every once in a while. He wants you to come to him as you are because he loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. And God wants to have this encounter with you. Number two, say number two. Freedom. Freedom. God wants you to have vision for your life, to spiritually be able to see, but he also wants to have you to have freedom in your life. How many of you know that the Bible says, whom the Son sets free 
is truly free. How many of you want real freedom in your life? Come on, freedom in your personal life, freedom in your finances, freedom at your workplace, freedom in your home. I want freedom in my life. See, God is not a bunch of rules and regulations. This is how it goes. We come to him and we say, God, we need you. We converse with him and he brings us into freedom. If you're here to get a five point, this is like a TED talk, five points to get freedom in your life, you're not going to get it. What you're going to get is when we begin to focus on him and have a relationship with him, he will actually do what you cannot do. That depression that you can't shake, that addiction that you can't shake. When we begin to focus on him, he begins to do what we cannot do. How many of you want to begin to come to him, the creator of the universe, so that he can begin to work on our behalf? And so I want you to know that God is a God of freedom. He wants you to be free in your mind. You know, they say over the pandemic that mental health has skyrocketed or mental uh, health in people has declined tremendously because of all the pressure and all the uncertainty. And some of you, you might be dealing with things mentally and God wants to bring freedom in your life. It's like swatting flies. It's like, uh, have you ever been at like a serene place, but you had like say a beach, but you had a aggravating sand fly keep like bugging you? You might be blessed in your life and not even able to enjoy it because you have so much going on, but God wants to bring freedom to that. God wants peace and joy and right standing for your life. It reminds me of a story in Matthew 17. Jesus is coming down a mountain called the Mount of Transfiguration. This is what the, the story is called. And he comes down, and what he walks into is a very strenuous situation. You have a father and a son, and the son, he has had this issue where he begins to lose control and he falls in water and he falls in fire and it, this guy is like, it's like he's possessed. And the father is like, man, can somebody help me? And he actually goes to Jesus' disciples and they pray for him and nothing happens. How many of you know that's embarrassing? He goes to him, nothing happens, and, and Jesus comes down and Jesus begins to say, how long have you been dealing with this? And they said, his whole life. And he said, really, the reason why you're dealing with this and he, these people can't cast out this thing and see liberty in this thing is because of uh, uh, unbelieving and perverse generation. And Jesus actually prays for the boy and the thing just leaves. Did you know one touch from God can change everything? One touch from God can change your life. And the disciples went to him and said, how did you do this? What's going on? And Jesus replies in Matthew 17, 17. Can we read it today? Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it would be done, and nothing is impossible. Say nothing. 
nothing is impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. It says nothing's impossible. But these things that you were not, you were not able to, to do, only that I can do, these things can only come out by prayer and fasting. How many of you know that there are things in our life that we can live with for a whole lifetime and God can deliver you in a time of prayer and fasting? And I'm right now praying that you begin to get stirred in this moment where a lot of turmoil that you might be going through, God has a solution for you and it is turning to him in a time of prayer and fasting. See, fasting increases your faith and purifies your heart. See, the Bible says we think of that word perverse and we always think of sexually, but this word perverse actually means of the world. There's too much of the world and there's too much unbelief. And what fasting and prayer does when we focus on God, it, fi it fills us with faith and it gets the world out and God in. Now, what do you mean by the world? The Bible says that the world is the desire of things that is outside of God's will, the desire of accomplishments and pride in our life. That's literally what the world actually means in James. It explains us. It's actually the desire to accumulate things more than the desire of God. God wants to bless you. He just doesn't want you to worship the blessing. He wants you to worship him. It is, it is having a desire for God more than God's blessings. And it's also you are in a place where you want his way instead of your way. And you are willing to say, I'm not going to live by a life of pride. I'm going to say, God, what are you asking me to do? That's why he said when you pray, say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's saying, if you take care of my will and you see my will, I'll take care of the desires of your heart. And that's part of following God. And so we live this life of we got to survive and we got to do this and we got to do that. And we do have to work hard. But God is saying, if you put me first, I'll bring everything else in priority. How many of you want to put God first? Miriam, if you can come to play so everybody thinks I'm about to close. Some of you got that. Fasting increases your faith and purifies your heart. See, I, I, I can tell you this. When I first came to God, I had so many things that I could not shake on my own. And people say, how did you get rid of this, this, and this in your life? I've been saved now for 20 years. I've been full-time ministry 15 years. But there was that first couple of years that I came to God, and I thought I had problems before I came to God. When I came to God, I really realized I had problems. Because when you start to take steps to Jesus, you will find that the enemy doesn't want you to walk this walk. And in my life, there were things and, and, and issues in my life that I could not shake. And I would love to tell you that I gave my life to God, and then everything was just pure and everything was just great and I just there was just this road and and I was able to shake anything no there were times where I was so frustrated because I wanted to live for God but I couldn't have freedom in my life the desires in my life were dictating what I was doing instead of the spirit of God dictating what I was doing in my life have you ever been there have you ever been there am I the only one 
in my life, I realized that I started to have to have a hunger for God, and I knew if I wasn't praying or going to the, we call it a house of prayer, or going to church and getting fed with God, I could not handle the temptation that was going on in my life. And I had to develop a hunger for God's presence because I knew it was only when I'm around him and surrounded with his people that at that time I had the strength to overcome the things that would ultimately destroy my life. There are relationships you might be facing today that will restore your life or, change or ruin your life and you can't shake it because you don't have the strength. I'm here to tell you today, I wish that I could say, you know what, I just pulled up my bootstraps and I begin to shake things off and I just said no. No, it wasn't that. It was I had to fall in my, on my face and say, God, I can't. You have to strengthen me. And it was his presence and it was his spirit and it was his surrounding, it was his atmosphere that actually gave me the strength and things began to fall off of my life. Listen, I'm telling you today, God will begin to eliminate the things that you cannot shake off of your life if you focus on him. Because in his presence, in his presence, there is freedom. And I have people even write me today because they knew how I was and said, how did you shake it? And I said, you know what? I couldn't. I couldn't. But I begin to cry out to God. And I begin to say, God, you got to take this from me. And fasting is a way that we humble our flesh. Fasting is a way that say, God, I, I can't do it on my own. I need your strength right now. And I, I'm choosing to push this aside and let my uh, hunger remind me that I need you. And I begin to look at you. Every time my stomach groans, I think of you and say, God, I need your strength. And the Bible says that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Some of us have been trying for years to shake what only God can shake. How many of you want to walk in freedom? Come on, how many of you want to walk in deliverance? Jesus came and he said, this boy be delivered in the name of Jesus. And he said, listen, I want you to come to a place where you're full of faith and you get away from the world. And in, in a couple of minutes, I'm going to close. And I feel like today that you have to make a decision. It doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with this. It doesn't matter how long. And I'm telling you, maybe you have your own thing going and you're just satisfied. And you have your security and things that are outside of God. But I'm here to tell you, over time, if God has his hand on you, which he does, that's why you're here. That security will eventually become an insecurity because we can't bank on our spouse. We can't bank on, on the stock market. We can't bank on our occupation. We can't bank on the, all the parameters that we set around us that try to feel safe. The only thing that you can bank on is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is the only sure thing in this life and if you begin to put your trust in him and wrap your life and surround your life with him that he'll begin to bring you into green pastures you can get in that promotion and still be horrible you can have that relationship and still feel empty but jesus said come to me all that are hungry all that are thirsty and i will fill you i'm here to tell you today 
that he is real. He is not dead. He is alive. He is with us, and he wants to show himself real to you in this season. If you believe that, give God a hand today. If you believe that. There was a, a woman that had an issue for blo- of blood for 12 years. Dealing with something for 12 years is a long time. The Bible says that she spent all of her money. Now, this issue back in the day, it was like a menstrual cycle that never stopped. She was bleeding continuously. And what was bad about this was in their day, because of their rules and regulations, she was considered ceremonially unclean. How many of you know that's a long time to walk away around in shame? That's a long time to walk around in insecurity. That's a long time to walk around in doubt. Let me ask you, what have you walked around with for a long time that you have just accepted in your life? Maybe it is, it is insecurity, feeling like you're not measuring up. Maybe it is addiction that you cannot shake. Maybe it is wrong relationships over and over. Maybe it is a depression. Maybe it is bad self-esteem. Maybe it is not able to really have the self-discipline that you need to go to that next step. What have you been allowing for 12 years? What did this woman do? Let me tell you what this woman did. The Bible said that she heard that Jesus was coming by, and she said to herself, Today, I make the decision to touch Jesus because if I believe I touch Jesus, I will be healed. She had to make a decision. Look at your neighbor and say, you have to make a decision. The Bible says this woman that was considered in culture as unclean, she forgot what other people thought. And the Bible says that she went against the grain. People were pressing down on Jesus. People were touching him from everywhere. And the Bible says that she reached over with all of her strength to touch the hem of his garment. Now, the hem of his garment means something very significant. That hem actually represented his identity and authority. God wants you to begin to reach out to him and know who he is and the authority that he has in his li- in your life. And the Bible says when she touched the hem of, a, of his garment, she was healed immediately. Jesus turned around and said, who touched me? The disciple said, what do you mean who touched you? People are all around you that touched me. And he said, no, there's somebody here that touched me with faith and virtue flew out of me. And I'm asking you today, will you make a decision to believe that God can do the impossible? Will you make a decision to say, I'm going to touch him, I'm going to know him, I'm going to see who he is and the authority that he has in my life, and I believe when I touch him, freedom is going to flow through my life. I believe there are some people today that say, I'm making a decision like the woman with the issue of blood to say, I'm going to touch him. You know what? When we fast, we actually fast for us and other people. Like Leah said, other... A little while ago, we have somebody facing a extreme, extreme circumstance. Four-wheeler accident. He's on life support. I believe that this is a time to not only fast for ourselves and pray for ourselves, but pray for people as well. Because the Bible says that there's nothing impossible for our God. 
And I want to know that if I ever get in a jam, that I have a group of people that say, I'm raising, I'm rising up in faith. I'm coming into faith. I'll fast and I'll pray. I will knock down heaven and begin to plea for your life. And I'm here to tell you today, we're coming into faith, not only, uh, not only for Alex's life, but your neighbor's life and this city's life. The people that say that this city can turn around. God can turn it around. He is our redeemer. He gives us hope for the future. And I'm here to tell you today, this is going to be a people that is that rises up in faith and begins to see the impossible because they're not relying on their own strength. They're relying on Jesus. Do you want to do that? Come on, just stand up right where you are. I want to pray for you. God is here and just like this woman that made a decision, there are sometimes we go through life and things rock us. And we don't understand them. God is not asking you to understand. God is actually asking you to come to him. He did not do these things we live in a fallen world, but he's saying in this falling world, I can be with you. In this falling world, I can walk you through. In this falling world, I'm giving you my hand to walk you through this. And today, if you're here and you say, you know what, to be honest, I've only known religion or I haven't known God at all. I haven't had a personal relationship. It is a foreign thing to me to even think that God can speak to me. I want to say a prayer with you today because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Don't try to get it all together and come to God. God says, come to me and I'll get it all together. I'll get it all together if you come to me. That's why I'm called a Savior or a Lord. He says, I am your Savior. You cannot do this on your own. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, I want a relationship with Jesus. I'm tired of living this life on my own. I want to begin to get him to lead me in this life. If that's you today, I want to say a prayer with, for you. We have a team that's actually praying together. This one prayer, and the Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. That's you today. I want to pray for you. Can we pray together? Say this, if this is you today, we're going to say it all together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I am tired of living my own life. I want to live for you. From this day forward, I call you my Savior and my Lord. I want to follow you. Right now, when the Bible... The Bible says that when you prayed that prayer, your sins go as far as the east is to the west. That you are a new creation. All old things are passed away and all things become new in your life. And I would love for you to get connected with somebody that's, uh, that, that can, can walk you through this process because we don't need to do life alone. God has brought a community together to help us through. And there might be some people here today that in this message, you are on the fence. You're saying, am I going to do my own thing or am I going to 
I'm going to seek after God with everything. And I'm praying that right now that you are taking that step, that one step to say, you know what, I don't know how to do this, but I'm committing to connecting with Jesus. In this next 21 days, I'm committing. Maybe you can't make it here physically. We actually have something going on online. You can stay connected even in your car or at your house, but you're saying, you know what, I don't know really how to do this, but I can say I'm going to put up my phone for a segment of time and begin to read God's word. I'm going to, I'm going to put up this regular activity in my life, and I'm going to begin to converse with God. And I believe that some of you are making that decision, and you're going to take a step forward. And when you take that step forward of faith, God's going to meet you there, and he's going to begin to show you things. And listen, I want to encourage you, if you don't feel different in a day or two, join the club. God wants you to begin to consistently seek after him. And if you need help, we have a team that's here to help you. You can go to the information booth. Uh, this whole front row can help you right here. And so if you need help, let us know. But I believe that God is going to begin to give you vision for your life and freedom in your life starting today. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? If you believe that today... I want you to do something, and, and if you feel uncomfortable, that's fine. You don't have to do this. But this right here is a sign of surrender. When we lift our hands, the Bible even talks about lifting our hands. It's saying, God, do what you want in my life. And if you feel comfortable, can you just lift your hands? Because I believe that God is going to begin to do a great work in your life today. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, we thank you for everybody that has lifted their hand. We thank you, Lord, that you're about to do in their life that something that they cannot do on their own. Lord, those feelings or those actions or, or whatever it is that they're saying, God, I need a breakthrough in 22. 22, I need a breakthrough. God, I thank you that it's not by power, it's not by might, but it's by your spirit. Lord, I thank you today. I thank you today that today you are beginning to give them the grace to run after you. Today you're giving them to gr the grace to pray and fast and seek you. I thank you that you are having breakthrough in their life in the mighty name of Jesus, not by power, not by might, but by your spirit in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, can you give God a hand today? Come on, give God a shout today if you believe it.